Welcome, welcome, everyone. Howdy, everybody. Howdy. Back to another <laughs> episode of the Back Row Lessons podcast. Yeah. We are so glad you made it in time. Whew. My name is Paul Davis, and I'm here with my co-host, Nolan Meshke. And like I said, we are just so glad for you guys to be back here. Yeah. Uh, I know time, if you're at least listening to podcast, time has no relative matter, but at least <laughs> it's been a few time, few weeks since we've last recorded. Uh, yeah. It's been a busy end of summer for uh, Nolan and I here. Mm-hmm. Nolan was in a play where yeah. he had a line in the first song and then did pretty much just hang out the rest of the entire play. <laughs> That's the role you want to aim for. If it you're... was great. Those are the best kinds. <laughs> uh, and I myself, I've been quite busy in the Segway life uh, as a... Yeah. Uh, much of a joke as that sounds, that's actually true. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, we are so glad to be back recording another episode. Yeah. And we just want to thank all of our listeners out there, mm-hmm. uh, brand new and coming on back listeners. Yeah. Uh, we are reaching about 300 total listens. And we just want to thank all of you guys for that, guys, gals, everyone in between, kings, queens. Oh, yeah, totally. And we're surprised that we have listeners, and it's actually slowly growing, so we really appreciate it. And I don't know if it's people just kind of, like, wanting to be nice to us, but (laughs) so many people have said, oh, I really love it. Or the one that gets me more is multiple people have said, oh, you have a voice for podcasting. Yeah. And I don't know if that's above or below a voice for radio. I guess you do, kind of do, yeah. Does that just mean I'm ugly? <laughs> you have a nice voice, but everything else yeah, it's easier could, to you, listen could use to some work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually doing this with a giant like screen in between us. Nolan can't see me right now. It's really interesting. <laughs> but like I said, just want to thank you guys for 300, about 300 listens. Yeah. It's a small goal but it's something that we're just very excited to see and just... and the request i have is you know we're gonna wrap up season one and we're you know we're ha- we're, ha- we're amateurs about it but we're having fun season yeah. two we're actually gonna up up our game with you know being punctual um and everything else that i can't think of right now yeah we'll get into that in just in a, a second yeah, here but... but also just you know if you have any suggestions or things you do like or don't like just reach out to us you know comment on one of our pictures or send us a private message on instagram or facebook we will probably add in more in the later in the future yeah. but yeah just let us know we are yeah. open ears we love feedback uh and on top of feedback as well what we also love are just ratings and reviews mm-hmm. five stars or whatever spotify or wherever you are listening to yeah it's wonderful i do think the points really add up on apple so you know give us a five-star review and just you know say anything you like for a split second there i thought you were referencing wait wait don't tell me when you're like and the points add up but they don't matter here or something <laughs> like that. but i love it yep they they do really matter we love to see it reviews are awesome uh if you do write us a review we'll kind of shout you out here on the show mm-hmm. um and i don't know what they do on spotify or the other apps but just whatever top rating it is uh doesn't really matter too much what you put in there uh i know we've been saying what your favorite uh dinner party or just gathering food is uh for right now what i want to know 
the most is what your favorite color of leaf is. <laughs> the leaves are changing color here. It's starting to become fall. Maybe we'll find some people love orange. Maybe some people love red. Maybe some people love green. You know, there's different phases to I a guess. leaf. Yeah. And, you know, that's the first thing that I could think of on the top of my head right here. <laughs> I can tell. Yep. So uh, <laughs> those social media places that Nolan was talking about uh, mm-hmm. for the pages is just going to be back row lessons, like the, the show title that's on all the major ones, the ones we kind of primarily use are Instagram and Facebook. And then on top of that, um, before we forget the individual that made our music, he's, his name is Nolan Watts, but he goes by Texas Instrument as his band. Yep. He's, he makes the jingle for us coming in. And what, he made, it, correct, an EP? Uh, yeah, he just EP. released an EP or an album, something. He released some, he released shit on, not shit, like... <sighs> I use you. I just use the word shit for a lot of things, but it's not shit <laughs> anyway. It's the shit, and it's available on Spotify. No, for at least at least. So <laughs> anyway, Texas che- Instrument. Check them out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then for other just quick social media here, like I said, back row lessons on all the places. Uh, if you want to check us out, Nolan and Paul here, mm-hmm. two wonderful co-hosts here. Uh, my social media is uh, who is Paul Davis, as there's over a million plus of us in the freaking world <laughs> i have to stand out somehow uh pretty sure there's only one nolan meshke that's you're the one <laughs> the one and only nolan meshke yeah I'm, and and again texas instrument texas is instrument. the shit not shit it's yeah. the shit both the band <laughs> and the the calculators even though they're pretty overpriced um <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, at least for podcasts here, related shit, you know, got to use the shit so we balance it (laughs) out here. Uh, We're going to be starting up a Patreon here soon, along with PayPal and I believe also Venmo. As much as we love doing this, and we do have a whole bundle of fun Mm -hmm. doing this, a little bit of cash incentive would be great. Not going to lie. But (laughs) don't worry. In return, it's not just going to be you throw us money and we do nothing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to be hopefully get into some bonus episodes we have some few things written out oh yeah great and on top of that if you donate to us one way or the other we'll be sure to give you a shout out here at the end of the episode yeah Uh, and in the world of podcasting a shout out is more valuable than pretty much gold so totally if one of those big podcasts shouted us out us out we would be on top of the freaking world but anyway we've been rambling on longer than usual so we have a quick little disclaimer Mm -hmm. just one last thing before we hop on in here uh this is a history show we do history things Mm -hmm. i promise you i pinky promise you none of this is things i've concocted all (laughs) this is stuff i have researched that i have found that i have rewritten down uh and i can't control what other people do both in the time that we're talking about and how they record this stuff. Yeah, and you know, we're not like professional comedians. Professional historians. Yeah, professional historians too, but you know, we're going to be in between. We're going to be awkward and weird, but we're going to own it and you're going to like it. We're going to have fun, Mm -hmm. but we're going to be as authentic as we can be. If these facts are not true, not my fault, I will not (laughs) hold that blame. I will pass the buck as quickly as I can. But this should be as accurate as we can and as we like to say for us we We can't can't make make this shit shit up so on that note let's just do a quick little recap where we were last time where we ended it was up in scotland uh and oh yeah scotland shit going down wasn't there some shit is always going down up there (laughs) in particular it was the passing of the king james uh james of scotland and 
his big thing is when he passed, when he, he had a daughter, right? He had a daughter, oh, a yeah. seven-day-old daughter named Mary. She yeah. would become quite well known in the world as Mary, Queen of Scots. And Saoirse Ronan would play her one day in a movie that's all right, not as like the. She's been in better movies, that's She's all I gotta say. <laughs> Not the best, but, you know, she played the hell out mm-hmm. of that role Just right there. Just gotta watch it either way, because I'm a Saoirse Rona fan. Everyone's gotta have a celebrity crush, I feel that. <laughs> yep. I feel that. It'd be weird uh, if you didn't. I feel that, yeah. Like, if someone, if you ask someone, hey, who's your celebrity crush, and they tell you no one, I take a step away. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you're attracted to something. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be man, woman, it has to be something in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. But so something's uh, got to get you off. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Mary Stewart, before she was played by a beautiful woman, was six days old and she mm. became queen. Uh, as like we said, James V had died. Uh, now, some were saying she was born prematurely, leading to rumors spread like spreading around that Mary was weak and frail, mm. you know, as premature babies tend to be but an english diplomat by the name of ralph sadler uh in march 1543 around this kind of same time have we met ralph yet no he's only coming in for one quick little thing uh and that is ralph he saw the mary the queen mary um i guess not the ship but the the baby baby that's a baby you've got to see the baby from fucking (laughs) seinfeld uh and he wrote after seeing the baby it is as goodly a child as i have seen of her age and as like to live so he was just saying that's one hell of a baby i've seen right there that that baby is on fire that that is just one prime looking baby right there and he kept writing writing so much so that everyone got concerned he's like ralph calm down about how how much you are into this baby okay Um, so from the start of mary's reign i guess you could say quote unquote reign because she's six days old um (laughs) there were really two claims to be her regent as like when there's a royal that's not of age to rule they have okay so people making decisions for them for the time being yep and kind of uh as we can kind of see from previous times this is happening they like to be in power and don't really like to give it up when they become of age so okay is there like a specific age they let the kid like kids you know rule or do they like choose when they feel like they're ready for it it's i feel like a little bit of both it's uh normally like mid-teens Ooh. is kind of when yeah just when they start to get emotional and uh hormonal they're like that's, <laughs> that's when like, they need to rule that's a, a country. great time to rule a country yeah. you know let's give them supreme authority and power over a large potty <laughs> people i think that's a great idea uh so yeah like that age but sometimes you'll see them kind of hold off longer uh, okay but yeah it's very much depending on the person and the time. But we have two claims to a regency, uh, mm. so let's just cause some more problems right away. For two dudes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> One is from a Catholic cardinal named David Beaton. Okay. Uh, beat on. Um, that was... <laughs> just beat it. Yeah, I was about to say that was the original uh, writing to beat okay. it. And they were like, ah, beat on doesn't sound as good. And he's like, beat it. Oh, I like that right there. there. So that quick little rewrite changed history. <laughs> um, and the other from a Protestant, uh, Earl of Aaron, who was next in line for the throne based on kind of family. Were they like a person in the church? Uh, the Catholic Cardinal was, but the Protestant Earl here, as yeah. we'll find out, he wasn't as much. He was kind of just a floating family figure here. Okay. But they were both saying, I'm next in line. I'm next in line. Uh, Beaton's claim, though, the Catholic cardinal here, yeah. was based on a version of the king's will 
that people decided was a forgery. Uh, ah. <laughs> so not really a very strong you guys claim. i just found it and it's in writing exactly and it says like forever james or something at the <laughs> bottom and it's like that's not even his handwriting i i don't think he it looks like a left-handed person wrote this and he's right-handed it's weird uh from very shortly after her birth and becoming queen here yeah uh Mary was kind of caught between Scotland and England. Uh, okay. Uh, her claims to the throne of England were almost as strong as her claims to the Scottish throne. Okay, so she is more likely to be in England to rule. She Well, she has, like, kind of distant connections to it there. Because, okay. what, her grandmother was the uh, Margaret Tudor, so she's, like, kind of a little bit away from Henry. All right, there. so she next in line for both? She's at least in... She's, She's in line for the Scottish throne. Okay. As I'm about to mention here, she is uh, Henry, uh, the eighth great-granddaughter. Okay. So Mary is next in line to the to the throne, only after all of Henry the eighth's children. Okay. So she's like fifth in line. Okay. But I guess that's, that's still technically so in line. if she's like ruling Scotland and they all for some reason died, can she rule both technically? Oh, yeah. You'll see that... Uh, how do they make it one country or teachers rule both sometimes it's so uh belgium like the modern country of belgium yeah at first was called the spanish netherlands because it's close to the netherlands okay but it was ruled by the spanish crown so, really so even though they didn't speak spanish there no one was really considered spanish there because it was controlled by the spanish it was given that name. Wow. Oh, fuck. I it, didn't know that. Yeah, it's really weird. So you'll okay. have these pockets of just weird timings, uh, and they still kind of last to this day. Okay. So at the beginning of 1543, mm-hmm. King Henry of England took this time of the regency to propose marriage between Mary and his own son and the heir to the throne, Edward, hoping to form a union between Scotland and England. Okay. She is a baby, very young baby. <laughs> yeah. And he is like, let's get a ring on that baby finger to my nine-year-old son right now. Uh. Let's get this going here. This proposal was formalized and signed as part of the Treaty of Greenwich between England and Scotland in July 1543. A large component of this treaty was just about to marry a baby. All what? of a large component of it is for the baby. A nine-year-old doesn't even like, like, doesn't even understand like this marriage, and like the baby just doesn't have a fuck, fucking, the, fucking clue. The baby what's going is a baby. On. Yeah. <laughs> the baby is freaking, you know, nibbing. Yeah, they both have so much shit to <laughs> work on. They're suckling on something. <laughs> the full treaty here, that this Treaty of Greenwich, had two sections, each dedicated for kind of the primary objectives. Both of which uh, weirdly favored Henry. He wanted to achieve this. He's the one proposing. He's like, you know, I want these terms on my terms right now. <laughs> uh, the first act, number one, is a general peace treaty in, quote, traditional terms between okay. Scotland and England, which I assume traditional terms is just England ruling over Scotland. Yeah, by yeah. I feel like that's one he's like, we'll negotiate <laughs> on that. The second objective, the second section. Mm-hmm is to arrange this royal marriage between Edward and the baby Mary. Okay. So, so I'm assuming if they're kids, they're going to marry these kids and be like, okay, we'll just tell them they're married once they kind of get it. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of like... Because you can't do the traditional stuff because yeah. that would just be wrong in many yeah. ways. Even yeah. back then, people would be like, they're a little <laughs> too young for this. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was like, 
Because, like, when they're a normal age, which is, like, a creepy old man and a way too young teenager getting married, from what we learned, like, they have to, like, do it right away. And you know what I mean by do it. And people are watching. Legitimately, people are watching. So, like, at least for these kind of younger things, it's, like, they're bethrown to each other. So, Mm -hmm. like, she's going to marry him when they're both... Oh, so it's gonna they're gonna marry one day. I thought you said they had to marry each other right away. Well, it depends on the terms of it, but sometimes okay. it's like, okay, they're gonna marry, we'll have them politically be wedded, okay, but okay. maybe just whatever. I see. Who the fuck knows what <laughs> some of these terms are. But Okay, so as of now they're kinda like okay, yep. cool. So what I'm gonna go over here is just a few funny parts that I found from the treaty here. Nice. Some uh, stipulations. And the treaty is what again? It's called the Treaty of Greenwich. Greenwich. And it's like I said, the how first do you spell Greenwich? Green. <laughs> like the the word. No, well. You yeah, know, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Green. W I C H. Woo. So Greenwich, or if you're a <laughs> fucking, you know, uh, redcoat, a uh, Greenwich. Okay. Um, so. Like I said, the first act here is just a general peace treaty Mm -hmm. uh, between England and Scotland. So point number five, so the fifth point. Oh, we're going from five to one? Well, no, these are just what they were numbered through the list. There was like like over like about 20 of them. So these are just... we won't go through all of them. Yeah, no, just the funny ones that I like. Thank God. Okay. All right. Number one. No. (laughs) Uh, Let's do like a countdown video on YouTube. Number 10. So the, the first point I'll talk about here... Uh, neither monarch shall receive the others rebels or traitors, but deliver them upon within 20 days. Uh, so if you're like a prisoner of war, if, you get to be sent back within 20 days? Yeah, if you're a rebel or like a traitor to the English crown, you can't just go hang out in Scotland and the Scottish king will give you like okay to stay there to have this peace between the two countries. Okay. If you get my rebels, you send them back, but if... I get your rebels, I'll send them back. And you have to do it within 20 days. Oh, rebels? Yeah, like... It's like, re- like rebelling against, like, your country or Yeah, whatever. rebels oh, or traitors. Yeah. Oh, I see. And then... So, if I, like, if you, if I have your country's rebels, I'm just going to give them back to you? Yeah, like, if you hold that them... That sounds from, like they're fucked either way. They're going back. Yeah, pretty much. So, the big thing is, like, it's not so... If you hold, like, if you hold them... Yeah, I couldn't imagine the tolerance back then being... Not good. very good. Yeah. And, like, the big thing is if you hold them for more than 20 days, then it's, like, are you starting to, like, agree with them and support them and arm mm-hmm. them? So, and then number six here is nor homicides, robbers, and other fugitives who shall be delivered within 10 days. So, really, any fugitive that <laughs> crosses the border from Scotland to England or vice versa, you're getting sent back to the, to the town. <laughs> I like that. And half the time. And half the time, yeah. So, don't rob. Uh, number, or I guess point 11, <laughs> no dweller in either march or in the debated grounds is to take timber out of the other march without obtaining leave. What? This is saying in the border area, you okay. can't cut down trees. You can't cut down any trees without getting a specific, like, okay to cut down these trees. Really? Yeah, that's how important trees were. <laughs> I just love that. Like, do we protect people? No, we got to protect these fucking trees. <laughs> uh, number 12. I like this one. Okay. The castle and town of Berwick-upon-Tweed. So this town, Berwick-upon-Tweed. Tweed River, I assume. Okay. With its ancient limits shall remain at peace. So 
even though this is a normal peace treaty, this town is at super peace, <laughs> mega peace. It's I feel double. Like who had like whoever wrote this had like a spe- specific connection to this. Like I'm just gonna throw this in here. That's yeah. That's like the bargaining chip. You take yeah. that out to be taken out later. <laughs> um, number thirteen. Okay. Very important things you got to figure out here: the repairing or breaking of the fish garth of the Esk River shall not be held an attentable or an attempt against this treaty. So What's a fish garth and everything else he said? I assume what that means is if you try and break or change this like fish net thing, ah. I assume, on this big river, it's against this treaty. So don't <laughs> fuck with the fish nets, I guess. Okay. Uh, that's that's also a, a thing you should tell people when they're going out on a Saturday not, night to not harass women. Don't fuck with the fish nets. <laughs> You know, let them okay. be them. So no, and this is the last one in the first part here. Number sixteen, hmm? point sixteen. Nice. The island of Lundy in England and the lordship of Lorne in Scotland are not comprised in this peace. What? So you can still fuck with them? Yeah, this island and this town are still at war. They're like, we can't even figure them out. <laughs> they can fight it out. Because then seventeen, the very next point right below it is yeah. attacks upon Lundy and Lorne shall not be considered ruptures of this peace. So like you can <laughs> go all at it out there. We don't care. Yeah. Like, they're not going to solve this with just one treaty. Just not on our turf. Yeah. Just if you need to fight, go to Lorne. Just <laughs> head out that way. So this is now from it's the like s- an old fashioned ad. If you want to fight here, it's boxing gloves. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Let's much. do it right. Just go outside. And it, yeah, it's like telling like the ADHD kid to go outside and just run until they're all out of energy Mm -hmm. go to lorne and fight until you're all out of people that's pretty much your fighting there (laughs) so this is now the the second treaty where it's the marriage part this is the funny and uncomfortable ones because they're funny but they're also really uncomfortable (laughs) so i'll show you here so the first point that prince edward uh eldest son and heir apparent of henry the eighth now in his sixth year so i guess he was only six i don't know if that makes it Better what or was worse. his name? Is he also Henry or something Edward. else? Edward. Edward. Okay, yeah, nice. Like, no Henry the Ninth here. Uh, Edward, in his, now in his sixth year, shall marry Queen of Scotland, now in her first year. Ugh. Ugh. Just shaking at that one. Yeah. Two. Okay, so in the first point there, up the last words We're, we're on new points? Well, yeah, we're in the second treaty here with the oh, marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're in the marriage one. So the first point was saying that uh, six-year-old Edward is going to marry uh, Mary Mary. Okay. Now in her first year. <laughs> the last words were in her first year. The second point, the first words are upon the consummation of the marriage. Oh, God. No, thank you. No, thank you. Oh, God. Those words should not be that close to a baby. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, so I'll Jesus continue on. Christ. Upon the consummation here? of the marriage, <laughs> if Henry VIII is still alive... He shall assign to the Mary, as dower, lands in England to the annual value of 2,000 pounds to be increased upon his death to 4,000 pounds. So if they bang and Henry is still alive, each year she'll get about 1.6 million pounds of land. Oh, wow. When he, so she's a, she, yeah, she just keeps getting more land? Yeah, they kind of just give it to the family there. Okay. Uh, He's definitely going to be dead at that point, I'm assuming. Yeah, for, foreshadowing. Um, and then <laughs> I'm guessing. I honestly up, don't upon know. Upon his death, it's increased to 4,000 pounds. So that's roughly about 3.3 uh, 
million pounds or about $4.6 million a mm. year. So I mean to fuck a dude a few years older than me, I'll take $4.6 million. You I'll, would? $4.6 million yeah. can do a lot for okay. a podcast. Think of all the advertising we could buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could get uh, that crazy uh In the context lady. of what's going on now, no. No, thank you. Okay, and then this is the last point I'll talk about because mm-hmm. it's pretty sad. Uh, <laughs> upon, by force of this treaty, Mary, and ellipses, Mary is brought into England. She shall remain in custody of the appointed barons. And yet, for her better education and care, the king may send, at his expense, an English nobleman or gentleman with his life or ladies or other lady and their attendants, <laughs> not exceeding 20 in all, to reside with her. They have to be really specific of who he could bring. Pretty much. All right. Can't be a blonde. Uh, she's got to have at least... She's got to be at least five six. Like that was very Wait, specific. So is this just like a teacher? Yeah, it's like oh, okay. her private court, pretty much. Like yeah. he can attend. He can send people to pretty okay. much kind of sculpt her and kind of guide her to be more English. <laughs> so many details. But yeah, it has to be uh, a noble or ladies. No, nobleman. Yeah, his wife or other lady or other lady. So That's in funny. case his wife or you know his mistresses want to come with. Of course. So leading the negotiations for Mary in Scotland mm-hmm. was that region I was talking about, James Hamilton. The Duke of, this is a French word, Chalorot, Chalorot, I don't know, someplace, and <laughs> and the Earl of Oran. Uh, so, James here, James Hamilton. Okay. He was born in 1519 in Hamilton, South Lancashire, Scotland. His last name is Hamilton, and he was born in a town named Hamilton. Nice. I wonder if the town is named after yeah. someone in his family, or they felt the need to be like, you know, it's just named after us. We have to be there. Oh, yeah, we yeah, We have yeah. to go. Uh, <laughs> we need to talk about his family tree real quick. I'll find a... T- we can post this on social media, but okay. um, I'll talk to you here about it real quick. Okay. You can kind of see it in my computer light here. Looks like we got James the yep. second at the top. Yep, we got and James. It goes into three. Yep. Ooh. So I'll break down the generations here real quick. Because it's like one small lonely line. Very much. Is that the disappointment child or something? There's a few disappointment childs <laughs> here. So James the second is the king of Scotland. A few generations before we kind of got into the story here. Okay. He had three children. Uh, James the third. Hmm. Gotta have one named after yourself. Mary <laughs> Stewart, not the current one we're talking about. Really. It's spelt differently. It's so stupid. <laughs> and then the Are they thir- related, the Marys? Yes. Oh, I'll God. get into it. It's so Okay, okay. Everyone here is one family, but there's a lot of different <laughs> characters we've been talking about here, of unfortunately. Course. Yep. It's I, I guess this is very Game of Thrones esque. I don't know. I haven't watched it. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I've told you this on the podcast before. Oh yeah. And then the final child is Alexander Stewart. That that's the first generation we have. Okay. Here. Second generation is James the Fourth. Nice. Got to continue that lineage of James. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's James the Third's child. Okay. Alexander Stewart's child is John Stewart, <laughs> one of them that we were talking about. Was he chain- changing politics back then? Yeah, he, he, was, he had a great uh, Comedy Central show then. Through community, or Through comedy, comedy Central. Through honesty. <laughs> and uh, he helped to uh, discover Stephen Colbert. Um, <laughs> then Mary Stewart here, she had two children. Okay. Elizabeth Hamilton, mm. and then James Hamilton the first. Really? Yes. The father of the James Hamilton we're about to talk oh, about. Oh, God. Yes. 
So that's oh, the second boy. generation. It's I know this is getting confusing. We'll post a picture of this, but I'm trying yeah, to go through I've it. I've already lost you, but keep going. Okay. So on the further side, we got Elizabeth Hamilton here. Mm-hmm. She had a son, another John Stewart. So in the last <laughs> episode where we talked about the two different John Stewarts, they are distant cousins. Yeah, that was a popular baby name that year. I guess, yeah, John and Stewart's a pretty common name. <laughs> uh, so then cousin of said John Stewart okay. is James Hamilton. Mm-hmm. The one we're talking about right now, mm. this regent guy. Mm. So that's the Mary Stewart line. Okay. In the James the Fourth line, he had two children. He or he had a few, but two that we're talking about here. First, James the Fifth, okay. the one that just died. Now, James the Fifth had an illegitimate sister with really? a woman named uh, with the last name Boyd. That daughter's last name is Catherine Stewart. Catherine Stewart had a daughter named Margaret Douglas. Margaret Douglas is James Hamilton's cousin, about second cousin. Okay. They are also husband and wife. So he married Let's a say second. Say that last thing one more time. Not only is Margaret Margaret uh, Margaret that's a new <laughs> name Margaret Margaret Douglas here. Not only is she James Hamilton's cousin, they are also husband and wife. They are married. Okay. Mary is Margaret Douglas's cousin, so he's the regent of his wife cousin's cousin, and everyone here is at odds with each other over Mary here. Oh, God. This is a whole bunch of cousin drama right here. (laughs) I present to you white trash. Yeah, like, no, like, actually. (laughs) You can see that this family tree is quite twisted with the branches. Okay. It's very much a vineyard. (laughs) Just white trash. Every everyone's married to their cousin, and they're all arguing about who who knows what. Uh, now, this James Hamilton guy, this region, he mm-hmm. is a Protestant, and he has connections with kind of pro English forces. Mm-hmm. So he's sympathetic to the English when he's negotiating the marriage. Okay. Uh, prior to the signing of the Treaty of Greenwich that said peace and baby marriage, the regent uh, David Beaton. Catholic cardinal here of Scotland, Beaton was arrested after a failed attempt to become the regent. Oh. So kind of this other guy who was competing for power. Okay, for and this is for Mary again? Yep. He okay. was arrested mm. uh, with Beaton in jail here, with him kind of out of the picture. Okay. Uh, gave the James Hamilton guy here an uh, easier route to push his agenda for the pro-English side of this treaty to go ah, through okay uh even though uh hamilton is pretty much pro-english guy very much vocal about it so much so that scottish people are going to start to rise up henry still doubted the region's commitment to the english he's like you know i know you've done everything i've asked of you but i just don't think you're that much into me i just don't know and he wanted him to post and replace with someone even more cozy with the english it's like, can i get someone that will do even more for me i just i need it i need yeah it. maybe i should become king <laughs> Uh, immediately, the treaty was unpopular, uh, both with Scottish royalty and the everyday Scottish. This is like the marriage treaty thing? Yep, the marriage okay. treaty. It was for peace and marriage here. And the other one was with the Greenwich? It's the same thing. Oh, there are two? Yep, oh, there's the two parts to it. Two parts to one treaty. Ah, I see. Yep. Okay. Uh, the steps, the marriage and the treaty took between kind of unifying Scotland and England here. Okay. Worried people as they felt that the alliance with France that they had for a long while was a lot better. Uh, resistance to the treaty grew, 
and it resulted in a surge in population for the like a popularity for the French. Okay, so who was resisting or not? Pretty much all of Scotland. Oh, all the Scottish okay. people are like, fuck. Did it screw them over? In the end, it's going to be kind of a oh, God. kind of thing. Um, and then eventually, Cardinal Beaton, the guy who okay. was arrested, he is released from prison. Now, the treaty was signed in July 1543. Mm-hmm. In December 11th, or I guess not in December, but on December 11th, 1543, less than six months after the treaty was signed, Scottish Parliament rejected it. They retracted, uh, retracted. Again, I'm so good at speaking. <laughs> Scottish Parliament rejected the Treaty of Greenwich. And um, I saw it very summarily ref- uh, paraphrased here as okay. a good explanation. Uh, quote, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Leading to eight years of Anglo-Scottish conflict known as the Rough Wooing. <laughs> now, I had te- teased this a few episodes ago, but eventually we've gotten here. So yeah. I'll... I'll break it down here what the rough wooing is now the name uh is quite peculiar i really talked about this before no we've kind of i've mentioned it i was like oh we're gonna talk about it and then we had about 12 episodes and now we're here uh but it's a very cool thing here so the rough wooing name uh, unfortunately it was coined centuries after the fighting and it was coined by a scottish playwright kind of (laughs) that's where the name stuck to uh in scotland and prior to this current name that we're using the war that we're about to go into here is often called the eight years war or the nine years war how do they fuck that up i don't know i guess some people are like no it started on this date some are like no it started on this date or something and they just can't fully agree on how long the war is i don't that is such a weird thing to fight about why not just call it like oh yeah the 16th century Anglo-Scottish War. No, eight or nine years. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like we weren't fighting then. We were on a break. I wonder if any conflicts or battles have arised between the people who think it's the eight-year war and the people who think it's the nine-year yeah. war. And <laughs> all this infighting is going crazy. Yeah. Um, so what does the name the rough wooing mean? Uh, the wooing part means kind of like how a guy woos a girl to like them oh okay yeah that's what i was thinking too so it's actually like like wooing them so this is actually like on we're related yeah and the rough part is how it was a brutal way of wooing scotland or mary okay to wed england and scotland so the rough wooing is that it's literally describing an abusive relationship between scotland (laughs) and england not a good way to describe i guess every war is an abusive relationship but yeah they don't really (laughs) make it that on the nose um and uh this phrase seems to be derived from a remark attributed to a scottish noble that he was talking about the war here uh the long edition of the quote here is quote we liked not the manner of the wooing and we could not stoop to being bullied into love. That's the long quote. Here's the short quote, the short version of the quote here. I like not this wooing. Wait, what? <laughs> That's what I say when I'm horny. I like not this wooing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just very short and suffice right there. I like not this wooing. Okay. That's what ladies need to say more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies, I, I was joking with Nolan before he came on the podcast here that looking at our stats on Spotify, we are just overwhelmingly listened to by females, Yeah, which I absolutely love. I don't I, get it. 
I don't, but I don't yeah. care. I love it. Uh, but ladies, if you're listening to this, if a guy's in the club, you know, hitting on you, giving you not enough space, just put your hand up and say, I like not this wooing and walk away. <laughs> I think that's a great tip right there. We're, we're helping the people. We're helping the people. <laughs> damn it. So, uh, like I said, December 11th is when this parliament rejects the treaty. Uh, and December is pretty much when this fight starts between the two. Okay. Uh, parliament, when they finally did reject the treaty, it was not an easy decision. The Scottish people were kind of voicing and displaying their opposition to the treaty and other anti-French acts here. Mm. Uh, in America, we just call anti-French acts Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't think we have any listeners in France right now, so I don't need to yeah. backtrack on that one. <laughs> Though I did send Nolan a picture. We had one listener in Brazil, so shout oh, out yeah. to our one listener in Brazil. So honored. If you leave us a review or just get in contact with us, we will 1,000% mm-hmm. shout will you out. I will learn El Espanol for you. They speak Portuguese there, but still. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I'm a dumbass. Anyway. You know what? You'll learn Spanish for them, and I'll learn a little bit of Portuguese. Yeah, you learn Portuguese so you can reach out to them. I'll... <laughs> so... Once we get the Spanish speakers, I'll be ready. Exactly. Boom. One-two punch. Brazil has a lot of people. That's so oh, great. Oh, God. That is bad. so fucking great. I love it. That's why we make this podcast, mm-hmm. right? for that moment to realize how much of a dumbass i am well not to spill too much but i remember a few years ago my cousin or family yeah cousin Mm -hmm. she was getting married in portugal yeah and my parents and i were planning to go to the trip and my mom asked me oh what language do they speak in portugal spanish (laughs) <laughs> I was like, the one thing about Portugal that everyone knows is that they don't speak Spanish there. <laughs> I was like, no, At least speak- I'm not alone now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, <laughs> Brazil is on a continent surrounded by Spanish speakers, so it's a little bit more understandable, and it's not also yeah. the name of the language. But okay. getting back to this. Anyway. <laughs> I love how we went from anti-French to Portuguese. <laughs> um, so after this Treaty of Greenwich was rejected... Pro-English forces in Scotland mm-hmm. soon pretty much became kind of synonymous with rebels and traitors. Uh, so they pretty much were driving. If they didn't leave Scotland for England and they stayed, it was kind of driving the countryside to civil war between the pro-English and pro-French people here. Yeah. Um, these nobles, the kind of pro-English ones here, uh, got in touch with King Henry via secret letters okay. that were smuggled into England. Their letters to Henry mainly requested help in Scotland, and by early 1544, Henry had signaled that a main army was in preparation. He's like, don't worry, fam. I've got your back. <laughs> you know, I, I'm here for you, fam. And he literally wrote that, I'm here for you, fam. Love, Henry. It's like, whoa. That's authentic. Okay. Like I said, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> uh, Henry's council, uh, he kind of assembles a council for what he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Maybe someone here knows something. All right, let's do it. Uh, there can, I feel can, like his council is just like works so hard making like legitimate like, yeah. you know, solutions and he just it rubs them the wrong way. He's yeah. like, nah, screw that. I don't like that. I, I have an idea. And then one guy's like, oh God, Henry's got an idea. It's like, again. why were we here in the first place? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they have to hold their tongue. Like, we oh. do this every time. <laughs> he gets the plan. He's like, Nah, I don't think so. I like that, but I'm going a different <laughs> way. Henry's council uh, issued instructions for an invasion force in April 1544. The instructions were to, and I have a pretty pretty solid quote here for it, mm-hmm. quote, put all to fire and sword, 
burn Edinburgh, so raised and defaced when you have sacked and gotten what you can of it, as there may remain forever a perpetual memory of the vengeance of God's lightened upon them for their falsehoods and disloyalty. Oh boy, that's a fucking slam. What did you just say? When Henry's council was like, what should we do here for our invasion force? Mm -hmm. They went from, we should invade to, let's burn down Edinburgh, (laughs) sack them, and forever remain a perpetual memory. Was that the town they're not supposed to mess with? No, no, luckily, they that one's all, they're like, we don't okay. want to touch that one. Oh, that one, it has double piece. <laughs> we can't touch the double piece There's one. a double piece town on the one that you fuck shit up. Yeah, the double piece and the no piece at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one in the middle. Just but, in case for these kind of situations. So yeah, perpetual memory of the vengeance of God lightened upon them for their falsehoods and disloyalty. <laughs> that's a burn right there. Yeah. That's a fucking burn right there. So in normal speak, what that says is go burn down Edinburgh, the capital of Scotland. <laughs> burn it and sack whatever you can. Okay. That is what that is saying there. They want to go into the capital of Scotland and burn it to the ground. Henry also asked the lieutenant to destroy St. Andrews, a small little town about 30 miles away from Edinburgh. Not a big town. Okay. No real big use. But the lieutenant pointed out that the extra distance would cause problems. So like we were just saying, Henry gets this great plan. He's like, eh, what about we do something else here? I have something to add here. <laughs> and the guy was like, that would not fucking help at all. Why? No, no, I'm not doing it. Nope, not going there. Nope. So they were on their way to St. Andrews. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're on their way. So uh, May 1544, a month after they issued the instructions to burn everything, uh, uh, they start on their way. So this is another quick little quote I have. Any schemes more elaborate than a raid on Edinburgh were shelved as Henry committed resources to a siege in France already planned for the summer. This was not his main theater happening he was like, I can take Scotland, no problem. Okay. We're not going to have a full invasion force. What I can, I'll send on up to Scotland here. <laughs> Those fucking Scots, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yada, yada. April 1544. Henry's invasion force is assembled in the town of Berwick-upon-Tweed. I think that might be the double peace place. Okay. <laughs> I think that might be the double peace place. Yep. That's the it double. Okay. Th- that's the double peace place, and they're like, "Hey, we're just we're just setting up here. We're not um, <laughs> we're not fucking fighting too much here. Just gotta chill out here for a bit. We're no, just gonna hang no out worries. here." No uh, worries. So they were in Berwick upon Tweed, and uh, these are some of the supplies that were in their army here. So they had two bastard culverins. They're just like normal culverin cast. Oh, I think cauldron. Cauldrons, no culverins, like culvers, but with ends. So, like, imagine if Culver's had a hotel. The restaurant? Yeah, imagine if they had a hotel. <laughs> Does that not sound fucking sweet? So they That'd had two really nice. bastard Culverins, which are just like your normal Culverins, but they don't know their parents. Wait, what's a Culverin? I think it's a kind of cannon. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Did, did you like my joke? Yeah, no, I didn't. I was trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> I said it's like they're two bastard Culverins, and... I was like, they're just like normal culverins, but they don't know who their parents are. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut that because if I say two, the same joke twice in a row, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after the yeah, two best. I might enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so after the two bastards here, we have eight falcons and a falconet. Okay. Now, I believe those are also like heavy artilleries, but in my mind, I do like to believe that they brought eight falcons Dude, with them. Dude, if you could train like a falcon for war, that would be fucking oh, sick. Imagine like... Yeah. Falconeers go and that, they like release their. That falcon. would be the shit. Like Texas Instruments music, it's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> just like them. Like, yeah. I mean, we had like messenger pigeons, but they're not attack. They're just messengers. <laughs> we need attack birds in Her- war. Harry Potter's about to get his like owl and like yeah. nope, just gets destroyed by yeah. a falcon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that it's falcons and a falconet because in my head it was like eight male falcons and then they released a female falcon to follow her yeah (laughs) go 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 uh so they have all those cannons and then they have four thousand sheaves of arrows so a sheave is a unit one sheaf which is like s-h-e-a-f is 24 arrows okay so all those sheaves together are about ninety thousand arrows that they have so they're well stocked for this uh, burning of Edinburgh here. So kind of leading up to the attack on Scotland, uh, unlike, you know, nowadays where you can kind of sneak in, you know, we have stealth bombers, stealth this, that, and everything. Oh, just like warfare? Yeah, just like modern okay. day warfare. You can I thought you like can... specifically Scotland. Like, no, oh, no, I don't I'm know. sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, like modern day, like you can be kind of stealthy, you can kind of yeah. sneak in. At least in the 1500s, if you have 5,000 dudes, it's not really all that easy to be stealthy. Yeah. Someone's going to see it. <laughs> so as they're kind of leading the troops north, Scotland started to prepare and take their own precautions. Okay. In April, an Edinburgh merchant named James Johnston was paid 22 pounds for going to, quote, find out the Englishman's purpose. They just what? gave him 20 pounds <laughs> to go figure out what the fuck they're doing below there. Like, hey, ah. hey Jim, we got a deed for you to do today. <laughs> and... I bet he didn't do this job. I yeah. feel like he just like went and hung out for about two hours and came back and was like, I think they're coming for us. <laughs> Someone told me kill Scottish what people. Look at their bastard weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Boil meats, I was told that they, they do. I don't know. Um, then on top of that, after they got all that riveting uh, intel from James Johnson yeah. here. They were just telling me they were sitting there just chilling out. Yeah, I- <laughs> Walking. That's what yeah. the Englishman was doing. Walking. <laughs> they told me not to worry, so that's what yeah, I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's, he becomes like a double or triple yeah. agent just going back and forth. Uh, Scottish coastal towns were warned to warm. I fucking can't talk. Warned to entrench themselves to resist the English Navy. Okay. So just kind of prepare. Uh, board up your uh, windows. Dig a trench. I don't know. Ah. That kind of shit. Uh, men from neighboring counties were summoned to Edinburgh in early May and extra gunners were hired for the castle. So they're kind of arming themselves. They're hunkering down. So Scotland's preparing for defense? Yes. They are preparing and arming themselves. And then England's in this one town, the Peace Peace Town? Yep, then they're kind of preparing. They're getting all their troops ready and then they're <laughs> gonna just invade. taking advantage of that place yeah they didn't say we couldn't prepare Wait, what, the... is that also an english town or a scotland town i think let me check berwick upon tweed <laughs> love that I, I feel like yeah it looks like it's in england okay the first thing that came up on google maps was a mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we've come from from uh for, <laughs> sorry <laughs> coming from uh English towns being prepared. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's just, like, a couple miles from the border of Scotland. So, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's 
Yeah, it's about two and a well, half one miles. One day we're so. not fucking broke. We should go visit it. Yeah, we come here. Welcome. Where's the Tweed Mines? <laughs> <laughs> this is that's where all the uh, history professors' uh, jackets come from. The uh, Berwick upon Tweed, because they have to w- all wear tweed. <laughs> um, then the final thing that the Scottish were doing in preparation for this. Okay, I'm gonna cut this out, but you're definitely gonna fucking cut yourself. I already with that have. Fucking, oh my god! <laughs> like when I lifted it off the table, it was going towards my like. I actually oh, god, like, you almost it. stabbed your dick. I'm getting better. See, I mean, you, you in high to. school I did this all the time, my right hand. But now I'm just like, if I just keep going, we'll go faster. Yeah, but you're in the dark. Oh, if I go to my pinky, then it's dangerous. How about that? Oh my god! So I'm gonna stop doing my pinky. Just don't stab yourself. I won't. Because I'm gonna. I, it, we're, if we're gonna release this part, I'm playing with a knife. <laughs> I'll cut this. Part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then finally, the last thing that was done was the royal tapestries were carried up the royal mile from the Holy Rood house to the castle. So they were okay. just keeping them their most prized goods in their most secured location. They were <laughs> getting ready. Uh, the first large move by the British was landing outside the town of Leith on the mm-hmm. coast of Scotland. Nice. So May 3rd, the English fleet was sighted before noon on this Saturday. Uh, it was said that that Cardinal Beaton guy, mm-hmm. uh, Cardinal Beaton dismissed the threat and sat calmly at dinner. He's like, they're not going to do shit here. <laughs> by two p- or by six p.m., there were two hundred ships along the shoreline. He's Jesus. like, oh, I was wrong on that one. <laughs> my bad, guys. Uh, then around ten thousand men landed. Wait, unmat- the guy that was my bad. Was that the guy that was supposed to spy? Yeah, that was <laughs> no. The, Jim Johnson was like, oh, I didn't know they were coming by sea. Shit, I they were <laughs> okay, but it wasn't uh, that guy. Ten, yeah, it was uh, the Cardinal Beaton guy, the guy that broke out of jail. Oh, yeah, he that was guy. Like, he was like, I got this. I forgot about his existence. So around 10,000 men then landed pretty much unmatched by the Scottish on the beaches here. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Beaton and the region of Scotland then fled for Edinburgh. They're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, and the town of Leith was taken with no resistance pretty much. And the English were taking control of the coast by Monday the 5th. So within about 48 hours of landing... Okay, that was had, my next question. Yeah, they had pretty much a beachhead. They were kind of had a town already under their belt. Um, <laughs> Pro-English Scots, so people who supported England but were Scottish here, mm-hmm. that were imprisoned inside of Blackness Castle, which sounds fucking metal yeah. as fuck, <laughs> uh, were freed by the invading forces here, including our good old friend here, Earl of Angus, Archibald Douglas, the stepdaddy dingus guy. Oh, stepdaddy. He is We don't like him, though, right? We don't like him. Yeah. Uh, But he is released from prison here by the invading forces. Uh, With this landing port point secured, uh, the primary English forces here now started to move towards their objective of burning down Edinburgh. (laughs) They're like, everything is made of stone. Fuck. We can't burn (laughs) this shit. Uh, one of the first moves by the English here was to have a commander bring his t- uh, artillery, mm-hmm. so his cannons, uh, through one of Edinburgh's most famous gates. Okay. The cannon gate. He's like, I've got cannons. They're a gate. That works. That makes sense. I think we're <laughs> supposed to go in this way here. It's kind of like when you're looking for an entrance for a restaurant and there's a bunch of like businesses in the building and then you finally see the colors of that restaurant you're like oh we're supposed to go that way that's where we're going <laughs> uh now the english can... very weird example but i like it yes uh sorry <laughs> keep going the english 
combine their heavy fire of the cannons, boom, 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 with light weaponry, so pew, pew, pew. So pew, they pew. combined the boom, boom with the pew, pew, uh, and they were able to breach the city gates. That's a <laughs> very historically authentic way. The boom, boom, and the pew, pew yeah. opened up the gates. <laughs> kapow. Kap- yeah, they had a kapow and a big old <laughs> boom, and everything went crazy. And they rushed in after they breached the city gates. Mm-hmm. And killed hundreds of Scots in urban warfare. I was actually taken back by the urban warfare part because normally you think of like 1400s fighting, like yeah. warfare, and you think of just a giant open field or some yeah. shit like that, not in a town or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an unorganized and pretty chaotic scene here. Okay. Uh, and English troops that were unused, like unused to urban warfare here eventually started to fight among themselves because oh they were unorganized. <laughs> so friendly fire became so a big incident. So they're in the town now? Or? They're inside the city. Yeah, okay. Like how like a lot That's of major cities had like city gates. Yep. They're inside. <laughs> and just because of all this craziness um, that everything just started to attack each other. Uh, one such casualty uh, was William Howard, who was a brother of the Duke of Norfolk. So one of Henry's ex-wives his family mm-hmm. uh henry or uh, howard here he was hurt uh by an english arrow hitting him in the butt cheek <laughs> <laughs> so even almost 500 years later the thing he is most known for is getting shot in the ass during yeah. an invasion that is <laughs> something to <laughs> be holding <laughs> to i love that some people are known for changing history mm-hmm. this man he's known for getting shot in the butt yeah. with an arrow for being a pain in the ass. But um bump. I like to imagine he was laying on the ground yelling, Oh, kill me now. And they're like, it's just one arrow in your butt. Yeah. Pull it out. You'll just it'll hurt to sit on that cheek for a week. Isn't your ass the strongest muscle in your body? I hold on, let's get some nuts and prove this. Let's yeah. squeeze some nuts with your butt cheeks. We'll figure that out there. Then we'll report back on the next podcast. Um quote. This is a quote I found. Uh, On the high street, the central main street of Edinburgh, the English were exposed to the artillery of the castle. So as they kind of moved throughout the city, they started to become a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. They attempted to place their cannon above the Buttertron between Lawn Market and Castle Hill. Now, I didn't know what a Buttertron was. Yeah, I don't know either. I (laughs) thought it was a transformer that I was not familiar with in the lore. The Buttertron, so a Tron, spelt the same way as the movie, <laughs> really was a weighing beam in medieval Scotland, usually located in the marketplace. So a weighing beam? So it's like kind of a beam oh. to weigh shit. So the Buttertron, I assume, is what they would use for butter. Uh, now, <laughs> where I found the definition of Tron... So is, whatever like you put on the beam, is that how much butter you get or whatever? I assume it like weighs <laughs> it. Like You put it on there and it shows just how much is like... Just put a goat on there. Mm, yeah. We don't have enough butter for yeah. that. What else are you willing to offer? <laughs> yeah, that that's their unit of measurement. Yeah. I, I, it's not goat. It's actually sheep because this is Scotland. Like, I'll take <laughs> two sheep's worth of butter and they put the sheep bah, bah, on, the, on the butter tron. Uh, now, for th- what the fuck a tron was, I didn't know what that was because yeah. it would bring up the movie. Uh, <laughs> thank God I found, though, this Wikipedia page that gave me a good definition yeah, of it. Yeah, so you don't have to search for it. Uh, this is one of those Wikipedia pages that uh, 
everyone it's a battlefield for the editors you know just everyone is so political everyone is so charged Mm -hmm. this is the page of obsolete scottish units of measurement (laughs) (laughs) that one's a controversial page it's you know israel palestine page uh south africa (laughs) and then the obsolete units of scottish measurement really oh no (laughs) i feel like they probably had one edit in the past 10 years yeah they saw me get on the page and they're like, another one. We've got a hundred views. We've got a hundred <laughs> views on this one. Uh, the assault and capture of Edinburgh was swift, but the most valuable spot in the city, the castle of Edinburgh, okay. uh, still held out against the capture here. Uh, really? Yeah. The clerk of the king's work, Richard Lee, declared this castle impregnable. Uh, and because we are middle schoolers at heart when it comes to our humor the only reason i mentioned that is because that man's was dick lee and he talked about a castle being impregnable <laughs> so the dick was saying this is impregnable so yeah. I'm, like i said 10 years old here uh, advanced teenage humor advanced teenage mm-hmm. humor. <laughs> educational and terrible humor yeah uh the english leader uh like military leader decided not to lay siege to the entrenched city but to light fires throughout the city and just let it burn. He's like, fuck it. I don't want to hang out here. Let's just burn it, and I'll get to St. Andrews and fucking suffice the king. God damn it. Uh, now, this is a quick little uh, a medieval raider top tip. If you find yourself raiding a medieval town in the future after listening to this podcast, here's a quick little uh, pointer to help you out. Loot before you burn. You want to make sure you're looting everything yeah. so you don't burn it What's down. What's the point? I mean, if we're going to be doing a shitty task, just own it exactly. as, a, like, as a shitty human being. But anyway, what is your point? Just I guess I don't assume burn where shit down. Going. Don't burn your shit down. Now, think the estimates of the value of the goods looted, at least from the town of Leith, the first place, uh-huh. uh, at the time were estimated to be about 10,000 pounds. So with inflation, that's a little bit over 7.7 million pounds. So that's really? a good deal of money here so yeah that's estimated about ten thousand euros 7.7 for inflation things that were looted or that were stolen including french clothes they're like no nice no not my louis not my louis Vuitton. no <laughs> uh james v's personal yacht and eighty thousand cannonballs <laughs> What? I mean, I get that for ammo, but just yeah. the sheer number of cannonballs. Like, all right, I got some French clothes. Hopefully I got I a yacht. Fucking horses. Yeah, the, the horses just saw put, that yeah, and were winning. Like, no, no, <laughs> please put him on the yacht. It's like we lost the yacht. Why? Because it sank because there were too many cannonballs. Yeah, in there. sir, we lost the yacht and all eighty thousand <laughs> cannonballs. Why? Well, we thought one could carry the other. Yeah. <laughs> Someone didn't do their calculations right. Yeah. Uh, another item that was stolen from the holy rood abbey in edinburgh that's kind of like the major church abbey is like the okay. church abbey road is i assume in front of a church mm-hmm. it's not just a beatles album named okay. after a but woman but that's the same place though as the beatles album no it's just i'm using that like the term abbey oh that would have been cool it would be cool i don't know what abbey they're in front of maybe it's st albans but who okay. knows hey listeners look it up for us yeah. and tell us call us out <laughs> to help us out there uh so f- this item that was stolen from the Holyrood Abbey in Edinburgh that actually still survives to this day nice. is the Dunkeld Lectern. Dunkeld Lectern. It's a over 300-pound brass reading desk. It's kind of like a podium. 
that's in the shape of a giant eagle with its outspread wings. Okay. So it's a giant desk podium made out of brass that's in the form of an eagle. Okay, so it's like the desk on the back of the eagle's wings? It's like... Or is it like standing upright? It's standing upright. The desk is like in the body part. Okay, so it's like part of a desk and like in front of it like is the eagle. Kind of, yeah. It's like on the back of the eagle. Okay. Yeah, like the eagle's like, you know, like there's the podium part and then like the stand yeah and then the bottom okay in that in between part Mm -hmm. that's where the eagle body is Mm -hmm. we'll post a picture of this on social media okay nice but it it's a cool desk but not for as much as what people are about to go through to get said desk back so this was looted in this burning of edinburgh Mm. in the 1540s here it still survives to this day uh about a hundred years after this kind of fighting here in the 1540s during the english civil war so another conflict in england mm-hmm. that we're not going to get into i promise um <laughs> the church the lectern was moved to so the place that was holding it for 100 years became a stronghold against puritan prosecutors this was the puritanical age during this time when everything was going crazy people mm-hmm. were freaking out the lectern the desk here was lost they didn't know where it was yeah it's over 100 years old you know, if we have a hundred-year-old desk, it's in a museum. But this one was lost. People didn't know where it okay. was. Another hundred years go by. So it's about the 1700s now. Yeah. A family tomb in St. Stephen's Church in England is opened up, and the lectern is found lying in this grave. So it's in a family grave in the 1700s here. Okay. It's in England. It was retrieved and kind of brought back into use. They are like, hey, we have this really old desk let's use it at our church for Mm -hmm. churchy things i don't know i don't know what they were doing in the 1700s probably a bunch of shit since this time around the 1700s influential scots from pretty much clergy members to academics to patriots have sought the return of the desk back to scotland from england okay so originally it was stolen in this war we're talking about yep and And then then it it was stolen in the grave yep family grave or yeah it was stolen from a church Went did, missing. Did you say it was in a grave? Or? Yeah, it was in a family grave. That's okay. where it was discovered in the 1700s after being lost for about 100 okay. years. And then after this, this is when people start in Scotland demanding it back. Okay. Uh, through various means. So they took it out, put it back in the public, and they're and like, hey, that was ours to begin with. Exactly. Okay. And it's England. They're like, hey, look at this cool desk. And this guy was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you stole that from us. Yeah, yeah your desk. Your desk. Yeah, your desk. <laughs> Those are my... Got a lot of nerve, buddy, for saying that. That is my desk, sir. (laughs) Uh, So, like I said, it's from all kinds of just influential Scottish people Mm -hmm. in different facets of life. We're like, we want this freaking desk. Yeah. Like, we can't get it from Ikea. (laughs) That's a one-off piece right there. Um, A Scottish newspaper in May 1879 Mm -hmm. finished with a plea to its Scottish readers to, quote, secure the lectern for our new cathedral in Edinburgh. Who will take up the matter? So this freaking newspaper is like, we have a really nice church and we want this freaking desk back. Get it back for us, please. Mm. Uh, A range of Scottish royal members have asked asked this parish this church here that has the lectern throughout the 18 and early 1900s for the return of it but all of them said no mm-hmm. no thank you we you know it's just a heavy desk we don't want to lug it back blah 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 we'll keep the desk it's all good eventually though scottish patriots start to kind of 
they see that advice from the the newspaper saying someone needs to take it back mm-hmm. they're like we can do this this is something we can do here so 1972 this is gonna be a large jump in our time machine here mm-hmm. 1972 potential robbers of the desk were discovered in the middle of their attempt to steal it <laughs> and when they dropped the piece in the open space of the church, it was partially damaged. Oh god! So they're literally. At that point, com- you should just run for it. Like if you made it that far. Well, they they okay, how were that is far. This thing? Does it need like? More I mean, than like one yeah, I said, it was over three hundred pounds. So oh it's a big old yeah, desk. yeah, yeah. You can't really like one person can't really run with that. And I just love the fact that they were literally caught in the act of stealing. It's not like <laughs> they discovered evidence of it. They're like. <gasps> like Scooby-Doo or whatever, yeah. and then dropped it. Uh, they didn't leave empty-handed, though. They took with them three kind of small carved pieces of metal that were kind of the base that supported the lectern. They're okay. like, have fun setting it up, <laughs> nerds, and then <laughs> ran out the back door or whatever. 1982, so about a decade later after that incident there, mm-hmm. nothing big is happening, but the Church of England gave permission for the lectern, the desk here, to appear in angels nobles and unicorns an exhibit of medieval scottish art that sounds so stupid yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a children's novel yeah. angels nobles and unicorns you know <laughs> that sounds like a in nar- the wardrobe <laughs> yeah like a narnia knockoff for early elementary school yeah. kids uh but this is like i said an exhibit for medieval scottish art at the national museum of antiquities in scotland in edinburgh um the exhibit and the lectern caused a great deal of upset and kind of renewed vigor. Okay. That it should remain in Scotland because they're like, you're freaking bringing it here and yeah. you're going to bring it away? That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, including arousing strong nationalist feelings in Scotland for this for this uh, object. So how here in America we deal with you know nationalism over a border wall mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Here in Scotland, they're nationalists over a desk. So, you know, it's all a matter of perspective, really. Uh, that, that's as political as we're going to yeah. get this episode. Uh, but when this exhibit ended, the lectern was returned back to England. So this is where that pissed offness is coming from. They're like, you've held it for almost 300 years, 400 years now. Okay. You bring it to our capital saying, you know, even though we want it to stay here. And they're like, nope, we're going to bring it back with us. People are pissed off. Yeah. People are mad. Um, 1984, two years later. Okay. Angered by the art exhibit here. Mm-hmm. They directly cite this art exhibit. The crypto-fascist, ultra-nationalist Scottish independence organization, Sino <laughs> non broke into the church that it was being held at. Mm-hmm. And stole the desk again. They steal the desk back. The next day, SNG, because I'm not going to try and pronounce that name again, yeah. contacts the press and reports what they have done. They provide a hostage photo mm-hmm. and they write, quote, This piece of heritage is here to stay. Patriotic Scots have asked for the eagle to be returned. It is to his rightful home. English arrogance won the day. All requests were refused. What? <laughs> yeah, they were pretty intense about that. They, okay. They were pissed off about England not returning this desk. So again, an art exhibit inspired crypto-fascist, ultra-nationalist guys to commit an art heist at a church. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know what rabbit hole we're in right now, but yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. So where is it at now? So they, they've held it. They've provided a hostage photo <laughs> to the press <laughs> over this desk. Just like put a knife in front yeah, of it. Like... it I, I like to imagine that it's banned, like all roped up. And yeah. they're like, the ropes do nothing. It's the desk. <laughs> they, People with guns in the background. Yeah. <laughs> all the like hostage photos. They're like, if you don't return it, we're going to slightly... <laughs> Dent it. Just yeah. mail like a piece of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Clip its wings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for over a decade, for over a decade, mm-hmm. both Scottish and English officials have no idea where it's at. Okay. It is on the lamp. <laughs> it is gone. Scottish it, and English? Yeah. Both English and Scottish officials don't know where the desk is at. Okay. Both sides of this issue, because it inspires a big yeah, debate. someone from one side's got to know and can't admit it <laughs> someone's got to know something we'll break yeah, this actually, open i'll the make my truth kid. is out there <laughs> i'm watching too much x-files oh yeah <laughs> uh both so like this issue this whole thing spawned like civil discussion in really? england and scotland about this issue <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing the issue was debated on national television and in newspapers over who is right <laughs> like who gets the who should get the desk well and like if it's it, like like if, if you had these, it if these crypto nationalists whatever guys is stealing something back from the people who stole it from you originally mm-hmm. is this good or bad where is this morally fine like fall and they're debating it on hilarious. tv imagine if that happened in america if like yeah. we had a debate and it's like a major conflict and you're like you know we need a debate on tv no it's not going to be heated mm-hmm. it's going to be very rational it's going to be very proper it's like <laughs> fuck no um Representatives of the Church of Scotland and England, so the Church of Scotland and the Church of England, met on many occasions and invested much effort and time to resolve the matter. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're not the ones yeah. who kidnapped this thing. <laughs> Are they dealing with these fascist parties? They're like negotiating them. I don't know what this the fuck. Is so much over a stupid desk. Over a fucking desk. They should have kept it in that grave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the person who opened the grave is like, I caused so much yeah. pain and torture. <laughs> Mid-90s, so they stole in 84. By the mid-90s, reporters start to receive a large or a number of anonymous messages from the ones who still hold the desk, laying down two conditions for the release of it. They are now asking for a ransom for the desk. (laughs) So first, the desk is to stay in England, and two... No action would be taken to find and prosecute those responsible for it. <laughs> That's not so, gonna happen. So our demands are: you do what we want you, what we wanted to do, and you don't prosecute us or hold yeah. us accountable for our crimes. Act like it didn't happen. Yeah, just don't act like you know what. The third, third request: give up. Just give yeah. up. That's that's the third one. You know, <laughs> sir, the, you're bad at negotiating. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir, sir. Get someone on the phone that is in this group that yeah. knows how to negotiate. Uh, Saint Stephen's, the church that initially held the desk here was okay with the first condition they're like fuck it we don't care anymore yeah. uh <laughs> to help with the situation <laughs> yeah so they were like keep the desk we want to prosecute you motherfuckers yeah. though we want you to go down <laughs> but you can keep the desk we don't yeah. give a shit anymore uh to help the situation a scottish church volunteered to replace the desk to uh saint stephen's with a replica but the group SNG, the people who kidnapped it, <laughs> quote, failed to respond positively to this solution. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they were expecting them to do. Be like, yeah, come on through. Just take some molds. We'll give you some photos. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was. 
1999 finally comes around. I could just see like you guys. It's like you guys really gotta get rid of this thing. My mom wants to tell us we need to get rid of it. Yeah, it's taking up too much room in the basement. Yeah. I had an idea for a nice little bar corner over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I have the wood ready. I just need this fucking desk out of my yeah. goddamn basement. If my mom knew what desk that was, yeah. she'd be livid. <laughs> it's like a like antique roadshow, and someone brings in this desk, and the guys are like. I'll say about 45 pounds on that. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's authentic. <laughs> I'm not seeing the right markings for it to be authentic. <laughs> I can't confirm the metal work. I don't know the author here. Like, yeah. I thought I would get a lot more for this desk. I was told it was from the 1400s. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Uh, so 1999 comes around. It's April. It's a Friday. Uh, in Edinburgh. So mm-hmm. back to Edinburgh. The desk is mysteriously found in the hallway <laughs> of an art center. A 300-pound desk. For 500 years old, 300 pounds. It just magically appears. Yeah. This is the same. So it, Wait, what's it made out of again? Brass. Oh, my God. Heavy-ass metal. Yeah. And it's a fucking large thing. <laughs> and it just appears in the hallway of an art center center someone was definitely like paid or told to look the other way it just well, so can get in there <laughs> no one then nor since has claimed responsibility for dropping off the desk paul we need to claim this I, oh yeah let's claim that when we, did this happen 1999 so we oh, were yeah. five yeah five yeah, five, yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely were doing this we were five um prosecute us bitches yeah happens. come after us we're, we've got international <laughs> immunity uh but it was intact and authentic. They they're like that's that's the yeah. desk. I don't know anyone that would make a forgery of a three hundred pound desk. <laughs> um, but so this is from the newspaper mm-hmm. reporting on the return of this desk here. Okay. And I just needed to talk about this opening paragraph because I could not fucking believe what it was written. Believed to have been hidden in the Highlands by a band of Scottish patriots who reclaimed it 15 years ago after raiding an English church. It was delivered anonymously to the Netherbow in Edinburgh on Friday. They are talking about English patriots hiding in the hills after raiding an English <laughs> church in 1999. Oh my God. <laughs> we had email we had you know mm. people in space yeah. we had cell phones and they're like these english patriots are hiding out in the hills <laughs> after they raided an english church <laughs> fucking ridiculous <laughs> so dr donald smith the director of this art center here mm-hmm. said of the incident quote on friday it was delivered anonymous to the nether bow it was found in the hallway it's not every day you have a brass bird landing <laughs> we, we genuinely have no idea how it arrived yeah. there or who brought it <laughs> it was me and nolan that's yep. who it was mm-hmm. just remember that do 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 whether it hashtag was though guilty hashtag guilty bird mm. uh, <laughs> sorry hashtag guilty bird. That's, uh... that's what we need to use uh whether it was those who brought it back to scotland or friends of friends nor in a sense do we need or want to know it has been recovered by legal means acceptable in all parties involved in the story. I don't really trust that last part when he's like, mm-hmm. it was recovered by legal means. People anonymously left it in a hallway. I don't think that's legal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that qualifies as legal. Maybe it's not illegal, but I don't think that's a legal way. <laughs> also, that Mr. Dr. Smith is way too accepting. He's like, you know, we're just glad that it's back. You know, mm-hmm. I was 
I didn't think I'd ever see it again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm just so glad. Uh, since then, it has been held at the National Museum of Scotland, uh, but it still has a back-and-forth legal situation with St. Stephen's over who's the rightful and fully legal owner of the piece. So not fully a legal drop-off, Dr. Donald okay. Smith. The looting and burn. So I know that was a whole tangent. Are for we going one back? Yeah, that was oh, one wow. desk. That was one piece <laughs> of shit, good shit, uh, taken from the burning of Edinburgh. The looting... And the burning of Edinburgh, so mm-hmm. the two parts, there's two stages to it, loot, then burn, uh, was described a few years later by a European poet as, quote, burning and destroying the country about, sparing neither castle, town, pile, nor village until they had overthrown and destroyed many of them. Now, when I was researching this, I was trying to figure out what that word pile means because mm-hmm. it's P-Y-L-E, and I didn't know what that is. I didn't okay. know what that word is. I couldn't find an exact definition, but I found one that I think might be related and maybe a little bit useful. Okay. Okay. Definition of pile. And when I, what I was researching was Old English pile, and this is what came up. Quote, the red pile old English bantam is a unique chicken that has beautiful red and white feathers. <laughs> the breed of bantams is known for their docile nature, so don't be surprised if you are able to tame them to sit on your shoulder or arm. So I don't know what a pile is, but if you want a chicken that might be a cool pet, get a red pile old English bantam chicken right there. That's a fun <laughs> fact right from uh, uh, back row lessons here. Just glad to help out here. Now, over 30 different medieval locations were reported to have been looted, burned, and then destroyed in the Edinburgh area. So it wasn't just like one concentrated location, pretty much the entire area around the city. Yeah. They destroyed in one way or another. Apart from the physical destruction, the American historian who kind of focuses on this era a lot, Marcus Merriam, an expert on this era of the Scottish uh, state, argues that the invading English army, quote, really did little of any long-term effect (laughs) to stop the Scottish war effort in the rough wooing. So even (laughs) when Henry has the upper hand and successfully, you know, burns down a capital, doesn't do fucking shit for him. Really? He still fucks up everything. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's incredible. Uh, During pretty much the rest of the fighting between England and Scotland. But wait, isn't there only problem Scotland at this point? They're also in France right now. He's at war with everyone. Oh, okay. This was, yeah, like a second theater. (laughs) So during the rest of the fighting here, uh, Edinburgh was really never threatened again by English forces. They kind of just went up, burned the city down, and then the fighting line was way south of the city so it really did not do anything of, of benefit just really dumb uh this is really the first strike in the rough wooing between the two there'll okay. be a few fights here um for the rest of, that was 1544 so the rough wooing is still this giant invasion of yeah. different towns yeah like england and scotland going at it and okay i thought they're early- only in scotland well, like England and Scotland, like as you'll find out, it's kind of border. Like, ah, okay. Yeah, it's not just like up in Scotland. There's a few back and forth. I gotcha. I gotcha. But it's these early to mid 1540s is known as the rough wooing. The rough wooing. Like I said, it's either eight or nine years, depending on who you <laughs> ask in Scotland. Uh, and this is just kind of the first major strike between the two. Uh, the rest of 1544. So this happened in May of 1544. Uh-huh. The rest of the year, and then into the first few months of 1544 so 
about a year or so, maybe a few months less. The borderlands between England and Scotland, the two, pretty much was fraught with random skirmishes between armies. So Scots might go into England, rough some people up, go back to Scotland. English might go into Scotland, do the same thing, just kind of tit for tat. Uh, described as one of the worst atrocities of the time was the burning of the broom house tower with the lady of the house and her children and servants all inside the burning tower. Oh no. <laughs> burn baby burn. I don't know why, but all this, this episode is just filled with burning. I guess yeah. they, one guy was, we don't really, really have too many options back then. Or maybe one guy who was just really into burning yeah. in like a really persuasive way. Like, let's burn it again. Yeah. That was a time to be an arsonist. <laughs> burn, 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 burn. Like the, he's the one guy in the council is like, Oh God, John's definitely going to suggest we burn down another town. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, th- Henry's listening to him again. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> We're going to have to protrude so much shit. Um, these attacks, uh, these like these attacks on the Scots here, uh-huh. united previously bitter rivals in Scotland to fight back against the common enemy of the English. Henry is such an asshole. He is having people who have bloodline feuds that go back generations put that aside to fight back against him. Really? He's like, I know you might have killed my brother, my cousin, my grandfather, my great uncle, my great mother, mm. all of them, but fuck Henry over there. Yeah, Let's yeah. hang out. Let's do something. Jesus. Here. So James Hamilton, that guy we talked about a little bit earlier, the region mm-hmm. of Scotland here, put aside a lengthy family and political rivalry aside and started to work with, of all people, Archibald Douglas, stepdaddy Dingus. Oh god, he's back again. Okay, they so when they like raided the place, he got saved with a bunch of other people, and now like at, they know who he was at. Yeah, like he was held in the because he was pro English when the burning of Edinburgh was happening. He was freed. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I got they that. destroyed like all of Edinburgh, and now maybe we should just team up because we're both Scottish and kind of force them out. Mm-hmm. At one point. In 1520, so about 25 years before this, James Hamilton and Archibald Douglas here fought a physical battle in the streets of Edinburgh against each other. (laughs) So I imagined like a drunken fist fight between these two guys. And now 25 (laughs) years later, they're brothers in arms against a common foe. White That is pretty trash. Yeah, I thought that was fucking badass. I imagine boxers or something like that. Um, uh, Angus, and this is what really prompted Angus to kind of turn sides. Angus learned that in some of these border raids into Scotland, lands that were considered part of his estate were deeded off to invading English military leaders by Henry. So he's like, these fuckers are taking my land. <laughs> they're, he, he, they're seizing my land. I can't let this fucking happen. So he partnered <laughs> up with Scotland to stop ah, that. That's funny. <laughs> it, it wasn't religion or, you know, national clans or whatever. He's like, this fucker's taking my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I can't let this happen. Uh, Whoever's going to benefit me, I'm going to stick with them. Pretty much. So inside of Scottish par- par- uh, politics, uh, Hamilton and other rivals reconciled with the Douglases, including his other uh, brother, when in December 1544, Scottish Parliament pardoned them for their previous treasonous acts for England. They're like, we know you used to be an asshole, but 
going forward, please don't. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please don't backstab us. We have a big problem in England right yeah. now. Please, please. Uh, so this kind of brings us to the battle of, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong multiple times, mm-hmm. so bear with me, Anchor Moor. Okay, call it something else for now. <laughs> You're going to ref- keep referencing it. Encore or Encore or Encrum. Encrum. So it's A-N-C-R-U-M. Encrum. Okay. Encrum. I don't know, I like Encore. Encore. Let's call it Encore for now. All right. right. The Battle of Encore Encore More. Yeah. The crowd loves you. (laughs) In the early weeks of 1545, so like I said, it was kind of reaching into that time, two of Henry's commanders again crossed into Scotland for an attack. Uh, They were going coming up here. Estimates that the forces were around 5,000 strong, uh, and it kind of consisted of Spanish and German mercenaries along with English border troops. So it wasn't just a Mm -hmm. bunch of English guys. They had some mercenaries from mainland England helping out here. To counter the approaching force, Archibald Douglas here raised a force of local militia members along with other reinforcements and took up their position at this Encore Moor place in late January 1545. They're like, let's reinforce this spot. Uh, This position was actually a setup for a trap on the English cavalry and their troops here. They were trying to set up a kind of a sneaky move here. At the nearby English encampment at Gerset Law, which I tried to look up. I think that's just like a fucking mound of dirt or something like okay. that. Like, <laughs> at this piece of dirt, a small Scottish group, uh, like a small kind of in, small force here, made a fake attack and then retreated back from the English. Oh, to kind of like get them to like one air. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the large English force followed them towards Palace Hill. So they, like you were saying. Faking it out. Faking them, trying to draw them out. Yeah, to a bigger crowd. Yep. And with the element of surprise, the waiting Scottish forces blindsided these English troops uh, with their guns and a charge. Mm. So they were taken aback. The English forces, they broke rank they're like fuck and started to retreat away from the battlefield Mm. but it was a very muddy and kind of boggy place so they were really uh slowed down by the troops really quick who was faking who again uh the english just got blindsided by the scottish oh yeah so the english were invading and they fell for the trap so for like as of now english has had kind of been killing it they had the upper hand, but this is a Scottish kind of a surprise battle because they were okay. outnumbered, but they had the element of surprise and this trap. Nice. Gotcha. Yes. So then English, they start retreating back, and it's very muddy and boggy there, so mm-hmm. they are starting to get kind of trapped in there. They're not making uh, as much speed out, and this gave the Scottish forces more time to attack. Nice. Like, okay. Fuck yeah, we get to kill more of them. So they finally get a break. Yeah. Uh, English losses total around 600 men killed including the lead commanders oh dang with an estimated thousand men taken prisoner so they had about five thousand people come in and they lost well 600 600 straight and then a thousand more taken prisoner which is never good the regent uh mr hamilton here okay he was reported to have come to the battlefield after the fighting and congratulated his new partner i guess (laughs) archibald here for the fight he uh hamilton here asked a prisoner to identify one of the opposing English commander's bodies. He's like, show me them bodies, boy, show it to me. (laughs) Upon seeing the body, Hamilton cried, and he said, quote, God have mercy on him, for he was a fell cruel man, 
and over-cruel, which many a man and fatherless barn might rue, and well away that even such slaughter and bloodshedding should be amongst Christian men. You know, I didn't want to fucking kill him, but motherfucker attacked me, so I had to, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, sucks to suck there. Yeah. You know, that's just how the cookie crumbles there. And on those poetic words, that's all the information I have for us on this <laughs> episode of what, Back really? Relations. Yes, that's oh, all I dang. have. We've been going for a little while here. I didn't want to give us too much here. Uh, next week, good news. It's going to be the season finale. Mm-hmm. We're going to be finishing up the rough wooing here, but more importantly, Henry yeah. the Haith is going to fucking die. Woo. He's reaching the end of his life. We're coming to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul, it's been a great adventure. I've been enjoying it every since. It's so but much- Again, since we've been sporadic about getting these episodes done, re-recording, I'm so finally excited for this to be over. Yes, once we kind of get there, it'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week, kind of give you anticipation not only as it being the season finale next week we will announce what the second season is going to be about and like nolan was saying here it's going to be a little bit more structured a little bit more regular we're gonna take some time off we're gonna make sure we get some ducks in order before we really execute we want to do it for you guys yeah we want to just have a better product Mm -hmm. a better time here still have the fun still have the humor still have the dumb jokes but just so it's not every time at the end where I'm like, all right, next yeah. time we're going to kill Henry. When and you know what? Like, just reach out. Let us know what you like or don't like. Or just reach out saying, I'm reaching out. Just be funny. So we know you're you're out yeah, there. We, loved, we would love to interact with any of you guys. Because that will give us that little more motivation to be like, yeah, I got I, yeah, that I fan. Would, I would love to hear that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And social media is a great way to do that. Back row lessons on uh, Instagram, Facebook uh you can kind of follow nolan and i there mm-hmm. uh it's nolan meshke and paul davis yeah very fun stuff there like i said at the top of the show we're working on patreon mm-hmm. paypal those kinds of things so if you when we do get those let's try and get those ready for the next episode so if you guys do feel like you want to you know honor us you can do that at yeah way uh i think besides that like we had said at the top of the show ratings reviews five stars we would love to see them and if you do leave those for us we'll shout you out here at the end of the show because mm-hmm. we just want to give thanks back to everyone that tunes in interacts with us gives us whatever mm-hmm. if you're you know inflating us or giving us criticism we'll take either of them yeah and thanks and, for the people that have so far too you know yeah, really appreciate it, it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just been a fun time don't think the last ep- this next episode is going to be the last one for us. We're going to be coming back. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we'll be keep making these bad jokes. These yeah. bad jokes and <laughs> forgetting what places speak what language. We'll get a little more funnier. We'll get a little more awkward, you know. It's Something. all going to come, yeah. Well, did you say we're all going to come? Yeah, it's all going to come. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you said we're all going to come. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Well, you know, on that great note, uh, <laughs> my name is Paul Davis. And I'm Nolan Meshke. And this has been Back, Back Row, Row Lessons. Lessons. Woo!